on tonight's episode, Wizards and Warlocks. Oh my. Welcome to the Flixology Podcast, where tonight we watched The Craft Legacy, a sequel to the original Craft. And of course, on the show, we look at all forms of media, rather it be movies, television, music, and if we feel fancy, even literature, and try to analyze and dissect it. I am your host, John, and joining me is my... The big craft fan that I know, wife, April. April, how are you? Um, I am just letting out a big sigh over this movie. <laughs> you hated this movie. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I love the original craft from the 90s. Um, it's one of my favorite things ever. And I feel like this movie is really just an ABC family version of the real thing. This movie felt like the secret life of the American teenager. Yeah. But with witches. Yeah. And, and, and like really bad, sappy, corny magic. Oh, you, oh, for, gosh, you forgot. About, you, we forgot about one more thing. The toxic masculinity. Yeah. There's so much of that in this movie. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. There's a lot of where they tried to be, I guess, political and you know pro women and it just i don't know it kind of countered itself like it's it's a strange stereotype that they put into the movie and it's very weird um all the men in this movie and the boys in this movie are just like super creepy i did not like the vibes in this movie at all and honestly they're supposed to be witches, and they just look like a bunch of thirteen-year-old girls who work at Ulta Beauty, and I just can't. Oh, no, 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 no! They look like they look at work at Forever Twenty One. No, they don't even look that old. They look they work at Ulta. They have like uh, neon. They have like glittery green eyeshadow and like leopard print okay. coats and stuff. And I just I just can't handle it. Hot topic? I can't handle it. Hot topic? No, they're not even hot topic freak uh. worthy. Like. <laughs> Where you can also find all like, of your craft merchandise at Hot Topic. And you- I just feel like, you know, I don't know. They tried to go modern millennial witch on us, and it just did not work at all. Like, they did not pull it together well, at all. Well, first, like, the first scene where she, like, how she gets, like, the other girl's attention. Like, the main girl played by, uh, you know, before... before. Yeah, let's do a review. Well, I We're was, getting off hand. Well, I was going to say, let me go back and... um. Reintroduce, yeah, no, reintroduce the movie. So this movie was directed by Zoe Lester Jones, also written by her and an uncredited Daniel Casey, um, starring Kaylee Spaney, Gideon Aldon, Lovie Simone, Zoe Luna, Nicholas Galzini, Michelle Monaghan, and David Duchovny. That was the only... I wanted David Duchovny in this movie because David Duchovny can save things. He couldn't even save this train wreck. And basically... It's this movie where these girls find out, hey, you're you're a witch, I'm a witch, we're a witch, we're all witches. I mean Yeah, uh, and like, like I like oh the, my God. the only thing I liked about this movie is the twist that they pulled in at the end where Nancy from the original craft For, movie play, replayed by Feruza Balk. Uh she is the um, biological mother of the main girl um in the show uh, yeah play lily played by kaylee spawny yeah and i'm, I'm just I'm like right. that's the only thing that i enjoyed from this but her part is literally 
two seconds long. And, and it's I'm not making that up. I it literally is two seconds long. It didn't even really look like her. Like it was too much for me. I, if you're gonna put her in it, put her in it. And her personality, well, you know, that's it a- wasn't. They didn't do but just a two second glimpse at her face at the very end of the movie, and maybe that's all they could afford. But <laughs> here's the thing: if you're gonna do a twist like that, don't leave us hanging with just a two second glimpse. Well, that's that the whole not point. Fair. That was the whole point: is to set up a cliffhanger for the third movie. There's not gonna be a third movie. Oh, this was a bomb. This was it a was total a bomb. bomb. It was a bomb. I don't know if I would even watch the third movie because this was such a bomb. Well, apparently. And this is the future. In October of 2020, they interviewed Zoe um, about the Feruza Bulk cameo. Yeah. Zoe Lister Jones explains that she would she wrote the script with a continuation in mind. So um, she also revealed that she had met with the original film's actress during the preparation for this movie. Mm-hmm. And she would be interested in making a third installment with the intergenerational storyline. I'm just so annoyed. So, For people who are fans of this movie, I'm sorry. If you really enjoyed it, like, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, step on anybody's toes, but I'm just really strong. I feel very strong about this movie because I just can't take these actor, well, actresses and, seriously. I well, can't. Well, we also have to remember, this movie came out, like, right at the height of COVID. Like, like I'm just going to say, these girls, like, they seriously, they don't take the coven seriously at all. They don't practice or have to work for their magic. It just comes to the magic like some kind of ABC family bullshit. And it's like everything is so giddy and all games to them. Even whenever they murder somebody, it's just like, oh, man, that wasn't cool. You but must they, use your magic. They, didn't, bind mur- they you. didn't murder someone. Yeah, they did. Who? That boy. That- no, the dad murdered him. I mean, I know, but they thought oh, that they okay. did because the girl... Even even so, like even if they thought that they did, like they should have done more about it. Like that just I don't know. It it was way too childlike for me. Like the girls were really coming across as thirteen year old girls, which would be fine if I were a thirteen year old girl, but like <laughs> these Babe. I'm sorry, you're just you have your I own just feel like right I'm now. really mad about this. I'm really bad about this movie and I'm trying to like talk about it because it just it makes me upset yeah they it, didn't pull any of the 90s stuff in there they didn't even make them gothic they didn't do anything they were supposed to do well, they, that's it, the thing like they try to make movies like this like they did the same thing with i know what you did last summer the tv series and make it all like current with everything going on everyone has smartphones and blah 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 when you just I need mean, to they, stick to the basics of this thing I mean, maybe that makes me old and, like, outdated. Like, maybe it's, like, you know, we're getting to that age where we're, like, in my day, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> in like, my day, you stood outside of a hurricane to blow dry your hair. But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, maybe that's just me getting older. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm only 30, so it's just, like, what the freak? Um, <laughs> but, I don't know. They do all the cliche things in this movie, guys. It's basically, like, girl moves to a new school and she is just like hated by everybody right off the bat and for no good reason like what why why is she hated just because she's the new girl i feel like that's the most bs reason to hate someone right off the bat oh i don't like you because you're new you might have cooties or something i think that's it's because literally what i heard i think it's because she's like different 
is what they were trying to say and like her difference is just like she's androgynous like she has a short pixie hair and she doesn't wear okay, you know the cool. like, girly clothing she's like more vintage and more um preppy and her style doesn't really fit in with you know what teenage girls are popular at school or whatever i mean i feel like nowadays that vibe is more, more popular than the preppy vibe you know i don't know i just feel like there's so many like you said there's so many tropes in this movie that are so like so obviously paid to detail and they reiterate the tropes so many times it makes your head boil with anger yeah, and I mean, just to say something positive about this movie, I mean, I do love all the female empowerment in this film. Well, it's I, I love um, that they tried to make it modern and, you know, new new day, um, especially with the androgynous looks and um, with uh, what the spell that they cast onto uh, one of the boys and how they changed his personality and how they mentioned a lot of, you know, women's issues and stuff like that. I, I will commend them on that. I really enjoyed that, but I just can't take it seriously at all. Like these millennial kids, they just like really acted like they were 13 years old, not 17 years old. And I don't know. Well, um, you know, this, they literally took a selfie with a Polaroid camera. Like I can't deal with that. Why can't you deal um, with that? I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel Did like if you're you... going to make them super millennial, like you might as well put cell phones in their hands. Like I just can't handle how they were like, had the Polaroid camera selfie thing going on. I was just like, that's dumb. Like, so to, so to interrupt you, cause I really want to hear your opinion about this. This movie got nominated for an award. Or what? A Razzie? The, no, the glad media award for outstanding film, which is offered to the best LGBTQ well, I could see that. Release. I could see that because there was a lot. Oh, of... you know, would you like to know some past winners of this award? Because I got it all pulled up right here. Sure. Fried Green Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Mm -hmm. Which I actually like that movie. Um, In and Out. Gods and Monsters, which is a really good movie. Being John Malkovich, which I did not know that. Um... I have to go back and watch that movie. For that list I'm doing anyway. Yeah. My favorite movie, Billy Elliot. Yeah. Like, even this, I feel like they just wanted to give it a, an award. It didn't win the award. It got nominated. I'll tell you what won it. Um, I can find it. Happiest Season. I, oh, it's that Kirsten Stewart... LGBTQ movie that they did on Hulu for the holidays. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but anyway, can, please continue. I I want to hear more. <laughs> um, I just want to talk a little bit about the stepdad scene at the end, uh, when he basically like kidnaps his own stepdaughter and is just like, "Yeah, I killed him, not you." Um, talking about the love interest that they had kind of changed his personality to make him more, um. I guess feminine. Um, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even feminine. It was just um, he was more considerate and more um, 
like open and, and friendly to the girls, and that's and he like understood them, and they were able to like come to common ground. And you know, um, what, that, and then he shared and was like emotional with them and stuff, and not just like yeah, bro, dude. Like I hated how like masculine the male stereotypes in this movie were. They were and all how over the they place. made them very creepy, and how the dad was super creepy. I mean, the stepdad. Are you talking about the support group where they snapped their feet? No. Oh my god. I'm talking about whenever he was like it's a zero to- zero tolerance policy for violence and he did and she was like I was defending myself whenever she hit some boy for sexually harassing her. Oh yeah. And like, and, and she she was troll. like I was defending myself and he wouldn't even let her explain. He was like don't talk while I'm talking. He was just very like alpha male authoritative. I'm man. Oh, hear me roar. I mean again, yeah, there's and, it's that toxic masculinity right there. Well, and I um <clears throat> I did um like really like the spill that they did at the end scene with the stepdad um with like he was going on about like the order of men um and he says that men are like leaders and masters and basically compares men to being um made in the image of god but insinuates that like women are not and um anything that doesn't hold balance and order um and like make female and male gender norms um they must be destroyed yeah like and so that's why he did like killed the boy who they changed because he was like you changed him to be like you and so i had to destroy him because he wasn't a man anymore can i say and i thought that that was messed up so much but at the same time like there are people out there with those views that think that gender is black and white. And I know like that is a big topic and I can see why it got nominated for the GLAAD award. Um, definitely. And I did like that part of the movie, how they broke that down. But again, like, did they need those super masculine stereotypes in the beginning of the movie? I don't know. Um, it was a bit much because it made any masculine male, look disturbing and like you know awful mean and like just whatever i mean and there's nothing wrong with being masculine there's just something wrong with taking away from women to be masculine like there's a fine line there like i like femininity and like female empowerment is the progress of females and males to be equal not to make females above men or men above females like those gender again, differences again, are this important. is all it's this a is, fine line but again and, this is all going back to the toxic ma- masculinity that's what this movie is pretty much beating into our heads that all men are toxic yeah and like and i did not i did not like that at all i get what they were trying to do what they were trying to portray and i get that there are a lot of men out there that but are like i'm just this, saying it's so but annoying. it was it was kind of brutal in the beginning and also i just think it wasn't very fair to make all of the male characters like that i will say that they did well with abe's character which is the youngest son so there's like um isaac yeah there's three stepsons and they all have biblical names, you know. Of course, they had to go there. Jacob, Isaiah, and Abe. Yeah. And so Abe is the youngest, and he's like the only nice one to the new stepdaughter, who's the only girl. And um, he also was just like, um, just so chill 
And but I think the only reason why they made him like that is because he was young. If he was an older boy and was like that, then he would have been destroyed just like the other kid, the other guy who was the love interest that they cast the spell on and changed his Well, that's the thing. Like it's so it's it's just so annoying and I mean, you pretty much hit all the all the buttons for that. Yeah. It's so freaking annoying. And I get there are people like that out there in the world and those people are, you know, grade A tools. Like, I get what they were trying to yeah, do, but... but it came across very different in the film, um, and I just felt like there's a there's a different way you can touch on those issues, right? Yeah, but but you know, every time I saw David Duchovny, um, so you know I'm a musical kid. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up in theater and everything. Yeah. So, Daniel Radcliffe... Didn't we all? <laughs> every, all of us grew up as Disney kids. No, not Disney, like Broadway. And... Like Broadway. Okay, yeah, well, theater and musicals are different, yeah. though. Like, you're a theater guy. Yeah, but... You know, you like it all, but... But my point, but, but to my point. But we all grew up as musicals. Anybody who grew up in the 90s, 2000s, they got Disney. So, every time I saw David Duchovny and his support group when they were snapping their fingers... Yeah. Or just David Duchovny in, in general, there was a play, musical, that Daniel Radcliffe did, I think, like, right after Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It was a big hit it got nominated for a tony award it was called how to succeed in business without trying and there's a song <laughs> maybe i should watch that it's actually pretty good um there's a book that daniel radcliffe finds and it's like teaches him how to be successful and everything yeah and he follows it so he meets his boss and then they break out into the song called the brotherhood of man so every time I saw David Duchovny snapping his fingers or just tucking, talking, I just heard Daniel Radcliffe's voice in the back of my head singing that one song because it just fit his personality so well. And, I mean, this movie's a train wreck. It's, you know, we waited this long for a craft sequel. And this is what we got. I mean, yeah. it's just a straight I mean, up I mean, I can appreciate wreck. what they tried to do, but I just think it could have been done better. I was hugely let down by how the uh, characters were portrayed. Like, I'm all great for the kids being happy and stuff, but what makes you strange and unusual and freaky and want to turn to the craft in general and what you get from the original craft movie is that they all had problems that made them social outcasts and these girls were not social outcasts like they were just that's the thing average you know but that's the 17 year old girls they even like went to parties like with the other kids and stuff and yeah the other kids were like kind of picking on them or whatnot but I just, but that's it just wasn't right. It didn't but, feel right. But that's the thing. I think social outcasts have been, like, the term has been changed between the 1990s and what is today. I'm sure. And, like, maybe I'm just out of the loop, guys. Like, I don't know. But <laughs> We're, We um, haven't been in high school for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> but I just think it... if that's the freaks that we have today, like, uh, we're good. what has happened <laughs> to the freaks? Like, they don't exist anymore. I feel like everybody is super positive. Uh, and and I'm not saying like kids should run around being emo and depressed and whatnot, but I'm just saying like they could have done the goth girl, the freak, the grunge, the rocker alternative girls. They could have brought that spirit to life way more, way more, and it really let us down. I think it let you down. 
Me, I was it, just like, it really whatever. let me down. And John I mean, is indifferent because you know you weren't ever I didn't a grow teenage up with girl. The- you weren't a teenage girl. You didn't like get into the whole goth phase and stuff. Like for me to see them like that, I'm just kind I of mean, like, I, no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna say this real quick, and then we're gonna wrap it up and start doing our games. Um, because you you've been on a huge rant. Yeah. So I did not appreciate the craft until I think two years ago, three years ago, when I first saw it with you for the very first time. I knew about the craft. I just never saw it. I respect the historical impact it did to pop culture. I, this movie, this movie, it's like I said, it's a train wreck. And it's an obvious train wreck. It doesn't even get out of the station. And I see what they were trying to do with the original, and that's fine. I just think it hit its mark. It missed its mark by a landslide. Yeah, and And I think we get that in the scores, so... Like, uh, <laughs> I know you said that it was a freaking it's not bomb, a t- but I don't yeah, know what the what, scores are yet, so, so let's the, hear it. So this movie was made on an $18 million budget. That much? Yes. I'm now, shocked. Now, think about how much, think about COVID, think yeah. about home streaming, and a selected run at some theaters because they weren't obeying COVID laws. How much do you think it made worldwide? $15 million. 2.3. Oh my god! It's a bomb. Wow. So the first week it earned 680000 Then the following week it earned 390 And then the third... That's way worse two, than I thought. And then the third it made two hundred and forty-two. And as of December 25th, 2020, this film has grossed $2.3 million. They're not going to have the budget to make a third. No way. Well, we also have to factor in COVID. I mean, I know, but still, like, no. I don't know. Barb and Star is going to get a sequel during COVID. This is going to get a sequel. We'll see. Um, so, what is your score, and what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is? My score for this movie would be in the twenties. Rotten Tomatoes. I probably think they gave it somewhere in the low thirties. Forty-seven. I almost said that. Although director Zoe Lester-Jones has forged a new path for the weirdo- weirdos of today, the craft legacy spells may only enchant fans of the original. No, it pissed us <laughs> off. It pissed us off, Rotten we- Tomatoes. Just like you're pissing me off, Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like to hear what... You Ro- know nothing about the original <laughs> fans. Would you like to hear what RogerEbert.com said about it? I guess. They gave it two stars. Good. Saying the craft legacy gets sidetracked with the Timmy subplot and the film morphs into a teenage soap opera and or ABC after school special. Hey, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I said it's ABC family all over again. Like, I feel like I was watching <sighs> Halloween Town magic. And, like, you cannot put... I love Halloween Town. But that is, like, it's age appropriate. <laughs> and, like, I'm just... This was not age appropriate at all. So it I, was for little kids, and I was just completely thrawn off by it. So, with that being said, obviously you wouldn't recommend this. Movie. I would not recommend this movie. I would recommend watch this- the craft original. I would not recommend this movie if you just want to see it to see how bad it is. Go ahead, but if you're a diehard, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend this. I feel like you'd be totally fine skipping it if they made a third one, except for like the cliffhanger scene at the very end. However, if you're a diehard fan and you're just interested, give it a shot, but just go in it with very low expectations. We went in with high. Yeah, very high expectations. We're almost done. 
Yep, we're almost done. So uh, I hope you guys join us tomorrow for scary stories to tell in the dark yes. on the twenty second. One year, this will be a nice palate cleanser after. Definitely, because that is a great movie. I've seen it before. We're gonna watch it again tomorrow night, and then we're gonna record uh, just to see if it still holds up. I hope you guys tune in, and remember, you can always email us at flixologypodcast at gmail Yep, and uh, until then, this has been John and April. Take it easy.